This is WTOP News reporter Nick Ainelli. Thanks so much for joining us. Today we're talking with Sandy Jo MacArthur, a retired assistant chief with the Los Angeles Police Department. We're talking specifically about community policing and the importance of diversity, equity, and inclusion when we're speaking about community policing and everything that goes on with that type of law enforcement, which is essentially the community working with police in a way that in the past was not commonplace. Sandy, you have spent decades in law enforcement. This concept of diversity, equity, and inclusion has become more important in recent years, correct? Uh, Yes, it's very interesting because I saw a shift from diversity being important to under better understanding what DEI is all about, because diversity without inclusion um, and equity really is not very effective. So yes, I have seen lots of change over time. I was responsible for recruiting and uh, training in service as well as academy and all the way up through the leadership ranks. So to me, this is a really important topic. So when you talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion in law enforcement, what gets you most excited about that idea? Well, I think the fact that it's really on everybody's front burner today um, is getting people to understand it really is about how do you improve the workforce, whether you're in corporate America or in public safety. You cannot do uh, service to any community without having a diverse community within your own organization. But that doesn't mean just, oh, let's let me check the box on how many women, how many African-Americans, how many Hispanics, et cetera, I have. It really it's really doing a deep dive into what diversity means. It's a diversity of experience. Certainly race, gender, ethnicity is critical as well, but it also is about experience, education, what people bring to the table and valuing what people bring to the table. And I am seeing a totally different movement in the world of uh, diversity, equity and inclusion than I saw when I was younger on the job in the 90s when it was first really starting to come to the forefront. And one of the key aspects of diversity, equity, and inclusion is that it makes policing more effective, right? I mean, if you are a police investigator and you are on the scene somewhere, if you're in a neighborhood somewhere, and you can identify with people you're talking with in that neighborhood, it's going to make your job, I don't want to say easier because the job of a police officer obviously is not easy, but it'll make it more effective for communication between you, right? Sure. Um, in, in fact, I think that that's a really key point that sometimes isn't given enough, um, enough focus in the leadership training components of how do you really develop a DEI um, program that's going to be effective for you. So, for example, if you take Los Angeles, we have over 100 um, uh, languages spoken in the Los Angeles Unified School District. Each of those languages equates to at least a culture, something you know, diverse. So can you imagine if we had a, uh, a single kind of focus as we go into investigations and we weren't including, we only included one or two languages or cultures versus the, the breadth and depth of cultures that are living and working in Los Angeles. So there's a variety of different things. It's, it's one, how we are perceived, the optics. Optics are critically important. When you're serving a community, the community you're serving wants to look at your organization and feel like they can relate to it. If you are an organization made up of all men, all women, all one race, 
um, you definitely are going to cut out the majority of the people that you're trying to serve. So optics is critically important. And then understanding the different dynamics with each community, the norms, um, the different experiences uh, is critically important. And I don't think you can do that easily uh, if you do not embrace the whole concept of diversity uh, in the workplace. So, and it's not just about, I would say it's not just about serving your organization in terms of investigations. I think that's really critically important, but I think it's also uh, critically important when you're trying to advance community policing. You need to have diversity within the organization in order to advance those types of uh, programs to develop legitimacy for the organization, but also to develop trust. So there's so many different levels of of importance when you're looking through the lens of DEI. So oftentimes people um, who aren't in the world of policing think of policing as very simply just reducing crime. When the real true, um, the the I, I would say the true value in having a, a community policing mindset is that, yes, we do reduce crime, but what we do is really improve public safety. And public safety means getting to some of the root causes of the problems versus just knocking crime down. Um, I think it's really easy to knock crime down, and we can do so in a manner that can be very disruptive to specifically certain communities that have higher rates of crime. And we could actually damage our relationship in those kinds of communities. So in order to do community policing effectively um, in the 21st century, you really need to be able to work closely hand in hand. Instead of policing, uh, police organizations telling communities how we're going to reduce crime, we should be working hand in hand with those communities to design a plan together in how we collectively with the community will reduce crime. And in order to do that effectively, diversity create is very important. And you said you have been involved in recruiting out of all of the other things that you've been involved with in law enforcement. So you're kind of the perfect person to talk to about this. When you look at diversity, equity, and inclusion, and you look at the recruitment process in law enforcement agencies, what can you point to in terms of progress and where are we headed with that? There's a couple of things that that really has sort of shifted over the years. We've, we've done a pretty good job in policing to try to target certain areas, um, diversity uh, aspects of our organization where we feel we are not doing as good of a job in recruiting. So we know we need to do more outreach in our African-American communities, for example. We knew we needed to do a lot more outreach in our Hispanic communities back in the 90s when we were underrepresented. But now as we start to to move into an, in a, a world where it's just in general difficult to recruit people into the business of policing for a variety of reasons. Um, we need to really expand how we recruit and where we recruit. So recruiting at, at colleges ends up being important. I think having education in the policing world is is of huge value to policing. And I think we need to spend a lot more time in those kinds of um, arenas and not just going to the local colleges that might be close to our jurisdiction, but also looking at some of the colleges that serve, um, like, for example, all black colleges, things like that, that serve some of our underrepresented groups. And that is one way that we have started to do uh, to advance our DEI recruitment efforts, but also looking in areas of our community um, where we may be able to get people 
into our organization um, earlier on. So, for example, some of our efforts are we have um, different types of work opportunities for individuals that live in, in Los Angeles that are students, for example. So bringing students in early to get them comfortable with the culture of policing and actually be part of how we advance policing ends up being really critically important as well. And also not we have to we've had to look and we are continuously looking at what are the requirements? What are we asking um, our recruiters to look for? Are we still sort of leaning more focused on just uh, military kind of backgrounds or are we broadening our approach? Those are things that I think what happens with organizations, because it takes a lot of work to look at the background process. I think organizations need to look at it much more frequently, stay with the times. What is our core value? What do we think is really important in policing today? Is it a community-based service-oriented policing mentality? And if that's the case, then we need to start looking at not just the military, because the military is a great um a great grounds for recruiting, but look at a lot of other areas. In this day and age, the other thing we see is people don't stay in the same profession for 20 or 30 years. So maybe we need to look at some of those individuals who are leaving mid-career in some of the other um, really service-oriented um, uh, careers, such as medical, nursing, things like that, and seeing if we can if we can actually do some recruiting out of that. Those people come with incredible backgrounds, um, a lot of life experience, a lot of work experience, and oftentimes, especially in some areas, a very diverse background, you know, work experience. And I think that can help advance us as well. So those are just a couple of the things that I think we need to look at. Plus, we need to really make sure we are using technology that in, that uh, our younger generation can appreciate because sometimes the technology is what sort of attracts our younger generation, right? And if policing doesn't use technology in an effective way and um, really continuously advances their own technology in-house, the younger generation may not think of us as very progressive. So there's a variety of different things that you have to really look at, and and technology clearly is just one of them. But where you're going, who who you're targeting, who you want to bring in, what what kind of um, individual do you want? All of those things need to be looked at frequently. You mentioned that technology can help with diversity, equity, and inclusion. Can you point to uh, just a, a few examples, specific examples of how technology can help? So I can give you a couple of different um, different levels because it, it and I think that's the piece, the piece that makes this a little bit more complex is that there you have to really be using technology at every level within the organization. So I'll start with the recruiting. If you do not have, um, if you're not out there on the internet where it's easily for people to go to a location, click and open, see what we offer, see what, what a career in policing offers, and then make it very user-friendly for them to, to put in their application you're going to cut out, I would guess, probably 50 to 60% of the younger generation right out of the chute. So that is one area where technology ends up really being important, in my opinion. Everybody now is a get online, go to, you know, go to indeed.com and 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 find a place where you can click, open up, click and apply. That is not how we traditionally have done applications for policing. So, so improving that 
um, is not just for the younger generation, although I think that if we don't have it, the younger generation will be turned off and we'll go to an agency that does. So that's number one. It is also very important for those who are in, in mid-careers and thinking about changing because their time is very limited. They're working full-time. They usually have families. And so for them to make it tech- technically easy to do the same thing, to do a little bit of research and find out what, about your organization. And that means all the way from what the organization offers in terms of what you can do once you get through the organization and, and continuing education, for example, but what the, what the um, organization offers in terms of long-term. We have pensions still. That's something that a lot of, a lot of places don't have. And you can actually get pensions after a certain period of time. And those are things mid-career people look for. So that's an area that I think is critically important for bringing people in. Once people are inside the department, you cannot then have a very arcane paper pencil system or people will will think that, first of all, you're not very progressive. And and quite honestly, you probably aren't (laughs) if that's what you're doing. You have to have apps for learning. Not that it drives all of your learning, but you have to have apps for learning. You have to be able to file things in, in a file cases, for example, update cases um, in, in an easily time easily time timely manner, and technology can greatly help that. Are you looking at crime trends through the lens of technology? Are you using the latest technology out there? Are you taking body cam footage, for example, and evaluating that for where you have gaps that um, in developing your employees? So these are all examples that are pretty, pretty critical that, um, you know, being able to monitoring, like example that I just used, body cam footage, do you have the ability to do data analytics that can identify these gaps? Can identify, are you actually some, in some cases you can identify department embedded biases, how you are making stops in certain parts of the community versus how you're making stops in other parts of the community, right? So there's so much value in doing data analytics of information that we already collect. Then you take it to the top level of the organization in the leadership um, component. Are you pushing relevant current data out to commanding officers, for example? So commanding officers in each of the divisions or units that they're responsible, for example, do they understand the comp, do they know what their composition um, and the makeup of their workforce is, the workforce that they actually have a specific uh, role in creating, right? So commanding officers get to pick and choose and interview people to come into to their um, divisions or their specialized units. What does their composition look like? Are they seeing trends? Are they Do they have a good uh, diverse makeup right now? And if they do, what does it look like in terms of people who might be in the next year, for example, retiring or promoting out? What's your succession planning, right? So there's these things have traditionally in policing been done all paper pencil. And usually you see the, the advancing of a much more diverse composition in a unit individually driven by by a more enlightened commanding officer, for example, where we could actually use technology to help push this information out in a way that can support them. And then if you don't have include, you know, if you look, if you're looking um, at your your specific workforce that you are, whether it's a chief of police or all the way down to a unit commanding officer or a unit officer in charge, right? 
if you don't have a very diverse group there, then you can start to look at why. Um, are you are you making excuses for why you don't have a diverse workforce? Or are there things that you could be doing differently in terms of developing others so that you know your workforce is better representative of not just the community you serve, but potentially even your own agency? So those are kinds of things that I think are really important. Technology can help. But and I and I always say technology is not the panacea. But neither is what we oftentimes like to rely on is our own experience. And I think in combination, these experiences that we have, and we have some tremendous experiences, and you couple that with your technology, I think that's where your panacea lies. And I do want to mention that you serve on the Verizon First Responder Advisory Council. Can you tell us some of your responsibilities with that? What we do is we work with Verizon when um, with all of their um, first responder work, and we look to towards the eye of how how we how Verizon can actually improve business and um, be actually more inclusive and and take feedback from the different communities that they're serving. But what I love about the VFRAC is we're looking through the lens of diversity in, in, um, and and the DEI, right? Inclusion. And um, I think it's so important for organizations to not be myopic in who their clients are. And I think that's what really makes Verizon, sets Verizon apart. They're looking at their clients as being the first responder world, which is far greater than just policing. And also the communities that, that, that they are serving, not just through their business, but how Verizon can help the public safety uh, uh, groups better serve the communities. So I I see this as Verizon has sort of has taken what I call a wraparound approach to public safety. So it's all inclusive. Um, and I think that's a mindset that a lot of other um, corporate America could use. It's What you see so often is it's all or none, right? It's either all in for police or it's all in for the community, or it's not. And I think Verizon's perspective on this is where we need to be today, where it is all-inclusive, where you you balance all of the clients, and clients is the most important. Um, I think the clients is what, what drives Verizon versus the corporation driving the clients. I think the last thing that I would say, and this is what I, when I teach in this, when I work with uh, agency leaders, um, I always say diversity should not be the, the engine. Your product is the engine of the train, you know? Diversity, though, is what keeps that engine going. And diversity, it's so important to realize diversity without equity inclusion is, is going to, you're going to bound to fail because you're not Equity inclusion means you're developing your diverse workforce as well in a fair and equitable manner, right? So to leaders, I say, remember, equity, diversity is a policy, typically, of an organization. Equity inclusion is a conscious choice you need to make. And when you make equity and inclusion your choice, your number one choice, then you're, that train's going to drive in the right direction and it's going to serve all of your clients.